0: Listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. With me tonight, as always, is my co-host Ali, who you can follow on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. Good evening,
2: Ali, how are you? I'm very well, Kev. Um, fantasy this week was uh, a bit shaky to start with, but my guy CJ Uzoma come through for me with <laughs> two massive my touchdowns. Guy. But yeah, it was certainly a shaky week with the bipocalypse, but we uh, we got through it, so it's, uh, it's easy going from here on out.
1: I've seen you uh, high up on a certain leaderboard as well this week. Could
2: you like really? to tell us a bit more? <laughs> I, don't <know> well, <laughs> I don't like to talk about it, but you know. Um, yeah just unbelievable just it's still going rather well in Scott Fishbowl, sitting second um yeah just unbelievable first on the, the top undefeated team um not like not that i want to brag about it but it's going well so <laughs> i'm sure anytime soon Derek henry's going to break his leg and it's all going to come crashing down but <laughs> but certainly going to ride on the back of him so yeah it's going well at the minute
1: smashing mate so it's been a cracking start and um it's, it's been a lot better than my weekend to be honest um i've i've had a really bad dynasty week two and nine in dynasty which it's pretty bad but um i'm still in the playoffs in six leagues so still above 50 percent. but i'm going to introduce a guy that's give me two of those defeats in this bad weekend for me this week and <laughs> Um, it's my <laughs> other co host. Well, it's our other co host, Matt, or you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty. Good evening, Matt.
0: Evening, Kev. I like that. Two wins <laughs> against Kev. It was nice to do <laughs> the double over you, mate. I know usually you're the one getting the better of me, um, especially last year. So it nice to, to see those two matchups and get two W's against you, mate. But yeah, looking forward to, to the show tonight.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a cracking show tonight where we'll be recapping week seven of the NFL season, as we've mentioned, by Pocalypse. Um, we'll be highlighting some of the key players and talking points from this week's action and analysing it from a dynasty perspective. So we'll come back to you, Matt, to highlight the first guy on this week's show.
0: Yeah, I think we've got to start with uh, Alan Robinson. I mean, it's it's been unbelievable, the start that he's had, and, and not for the right reasons. The bad run continues. In fact, he was coming off actually his worst performance of the season this week, where he had just two receptions for 16 yards. Currently sits as the wide receiver, 59. I mean... It's unthinkable. I mean, we we were talking about it in the off season. I think all three of us says it's impossible to see him not being a solid wide receiver one this year. And, and here we are looking at him as the, the wide receiver fifty nine. It's absolutely it's, it's unreal and something that I definitely didn't expect. Um, he's now only had two games with over fifty receiving yards in his first seven weeks, which is unthinkable considering last year um, he only failed to top fifty yards three times. So, I'm just goes to what a what a tough start he's had to the year. Um, I guess we've got to say that it's no real surprise given the struggles that we've seen with his rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, completing just 57% of his passes and only throwing for over 200 yards once this season. And then as for Robinson, his average depth of targets only 11.4 yards. His total number of deep targets is just nine. Um, and he's only had four red zone targets this this season, which again is is crazy considering that he had 23 last season. So just everything seems to be going against Robinson at the minute. And it's actually been Darnell Mooney who's been the one that's that's been the most productive out of these guys. Um, he's had 345 receiving yards, and that's nearly 100 more yards than what Robinson's had. Um, so there's no denying that, that Robinson's clearly been a huge a huge letdown this season. Um, and now I think we've got to start looking at his future outlook and I think some interesting questions are beginning to be asked um he's potentially a free agent this off season with him currently playing on playing on the franchise tag um who knows as well there's there's every chance that he could maybe get traded to the Bears um look to move off him this week we know the the um NFL trade deadline's coming up so do they look to try and just get something for him um knowing that maybe they don't want to keep him long term and then while I do still believe in Justin Fields long term, do we now need to hope that Robinson gets a move away from from Chicago and, and makes the most of what should really be the prime of his career right now? Um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of teams out there that are jump at the chance to to bring in to bring in Robinson. So that's my question back to you two guys. Um, as I've just said, with him being a potential free agent, do you think he, uh, do you hope that he, he moves on from from the Bears? And if so, which realistic landing spot do you think could improve his fantasy? Um, production the most
2: yeah firstly for me just please Chicago just trade him this week please <laughs> please Matt Nagy just trade him <laughs> uh, yeah personally this one I'm, I'm taking a massive L on so far I've I've got a lot of Alan Robinson in Dynasty I was pumped going into the season with with Alan Robinson with the, the thought of Justin Fields linking up with him but it's just for some reason it's just not happened in the offseason I touted him as the safest wide receiver one in the NFL which is a (laughs) big whoops Um, I I never saw this huge drop-off coming Um, I honestly thought he was he was pretty much quarterback proof producing with the likes of Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Blake Balls not exactly pro bowlers are they Um, wide receiver seven and wide receiver nine in the last two seasons and as you mentioned he's actually he's currently wide receiver five and in redraft, is is probably droppable. Um, It's that bad. And yeah, Justin Fields' start to... His NFL life has been pretty miserable. The offensive line is in a bit of a shambles. shambles. He's the most sacked quarterback this season, despite only playing five games so far. So it's, it's really not a happy tale in Chicago. Um, so personally, I just want Robertson out of there now. I, I, I think you asked me this question earlier in the season, and I, I said I'd quite like him to stay, for him to grow with, with Justin Fields. But... Mm-hmm. We've, I think we've seen enough where it's, it's really not working. So I just want to get him away from Matt and Aggie. Um <laughs> And I actually think it's where it's heading now. Almost any situation is better than this. Um, and then if just with the teams that have, have some cap space, have some money, you're looking at Jacksonville being a, a decent homecoming, um, quite like that, quite like the Colts. Um, maybe like New England, who they don't have an established wide receiver one. But... Overall I just think it's a it's a great opportunity to to buy Robinson right now, ahead of yeah, looking ahead of next season if you're if you're going for it all then perhaps not, but if um if you're rebuilding or just in that stage where you're not quite sure yet, I think he's a great candidate to, to buy low right now because his his value's never gonna be this low. I know he's he's getting up there in age. Um and I think we'll he's a competitive market for him in free agency. Um and probably get one last big payday, with, especially with the cap increasing in 2022. So, I think now's a great time to go out and get Robinson for cheap, um, and then just hope that he does move away from Chicago and lands in one of these spots.
1: Yeah, I've got egg on my face on this one. I touted him as a possible wide receiver one overall, so, um, what a great shout by me. Um, but I think it's a combination of Matt Nagy and Justin Fields as well. I think the coaching, there's no game plan, it's woeful woeful. Um, Fields is holding on to the ball too long. He's uh, turning it over too much. The O-line's shocking. It's it's really bad. I think Fields has got to take some accountability as well. I think outside of the running backs on Chicago, you can't confidently start any player. I think uh, this off-season, uh, the wild card consensus for this question was we wanted a Rob to stay in <laughs> Chicago with Fields. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually flipping sides. I want a Rob to be out of Chicago now. Um, I think it's the same for most QBs, that they need a strong O-line, um, which I do think Justin Fields needs. But I've got no trust in uh, 2017 GM of the Year, Ryan Pace. LOL. Um, <laughs> Matt Nagy, obviously, terrible game plans. Uh, he's meant to be some sort of scheme guru, but I just I can't buy into him any longer. Um, I think it, the nail on the head, really, in the fact that Alan Robinson's in his prime, um you don't really want to be waiting around for a rookie to get into a groove to to help you right now uh, or in in the next couple of years I think landing spots wise two interesting ones just based on guaranteed volume and sort of a veteran QB uh is is the Lions and the, the Raiders for me I think if he moved at the trade deadline it's going to be a clear out from those two teams um there's a, there's a fairy tale of the Jags as well, which is going full circle on us. but uh, And also some other teams that may be losing their own alpha wide receivers, uh, Big Mike Williams in L.A. and also Paul <laughs> Sutton in Denver. So they're very interesting ones. And uh, Just thinking about back to last year, the, the marquee sort of free agent was Kenny Galladay and he's not lit it up. Uh, so I just want to get your guys' thoughts on Sort of comparing Kenny Galladay to Alan Robinson, uh, the the Marquee free agent from last season to potentially the Marquee for this season. If you're playing for this season alone, who would you have? Hey, Rob or Matt's super <sighs> Kenny? D. Right back to you.
0: Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, I think, oh, I think Alan Robinson is probably the most talented out of the two. I think. I know I've been bigging up Kelly Holiday, and I do I do still think he is a good wide receiver, but as you say, it's clearly not working out at the minute with the Giants. Um, it's obviously struggled struggle with injuries at the moment. That's not helping things. He had it in the off-season, so that made it tough to begin with for Holiday. For but I do think Robinson, we've seen it in the past. He's produced with any quarterback. I mentioned it earlier. He's produced with all these, these quarterbacks that aren't even starting quarterbacks anymore in the NFL. So it just shows that he can do it with anybody. Golliday, he was obviously tied to Stafford, who is now lining it up. So, is is the reason why he was so productive beforehand more down to the fact that he had Stafford throwing him the ball? You're starting to think that maybe that's the case now. So, yeah, I think Robinson. I just think everything's going against him at the minute with the the offense that is on the things that's that's happening. Having the rookie quarterback as well as um, obviously not helping him this year. It's just a shame that it is likely going to be the the year that he's trying to play for a contract. Um, the fact that it's it's not happening for him and it's it's not really his fault is it he's he's just not being able to play the way that he has the last um the last few years so yeah it's a shame and I'm hoping that he does manage to get a big move away and and get that money that was after because that was the whole reason why he wanted to leave Chicago wasn't it? it wasn't really about he didn't like Chicago he just he felt he needed to be paid what he's worth and yeah, it's yeah. just a shame to see it go the way it's going.
2: Yes, it is a massive shame because Alan Robinson is such a talented wide receiver to be in that situation is is horrible to see him struggling. But there's going to be an aggressive market for him um, this season. I'd probably I'd probably take Holiday over him, even with his injury concerns. <laughs> it's it, it's that bad, but it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting because you have got the likes Chris Godwin, probably you know potentially moving on, um, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, um, Devonte Adams. You got. You have got a good list of some wide receivers who people are going to be aggressively pursuing them. So um, it's going to be really interesting. There's going to be a there's going to be a lot of different looking teams come come next season. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think just to tie up on this question, if you're a contender and you've got either of these guys, Galladay or <laughs> Robinson, they can't be hitting your lineup at the moment no. because they just they're just crushing you. <laughs>
2: I own both of these in our wild card. League. <laughs> <laughs> and I traded for both of them earlier in the season. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow you're doing pretty good in that. I thing, know. Yeah. I'm unbelievable. Yeah, I, I must have <laughs> I must have stood in some some dog poo. <laughs> well,
1: speaking of dog poo now, I'm only kidding. i want to link that to our next guy, but actually he's He's been anything but doctor this season, so I'll use the guy you'd like to
2: discuss. Yeah, and it's actually my quarterback for my team in the Wild Card League. It's it's Joe Burrow. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to say that I'm surprised by just how good Burrow has looked so far this season. Quarterback eight so far, and the Bengals' offense is absolutely flying. Um, the chemistry with Jamar Chase, who, Kev, you're glad that we're talking about, is, yes. is, is, is better than... I could have certainly imagined. It's it's almost like they used to play together in college. Um, <laughs> but but personally, yeah, I, I drafted Burrow in our wildcard league. And honestly, at the time, I, I didn't feel great about doing it. Um, a lot of the quarterbacks I wanted were taken and I had to pick him. Um, but now I'm certainly starting to feel a little bit better about him. Um, he's thrown the fourth most touchdowns of the season of any quarterback with 17. The picks have still been there, but he's overcoming them by throwing multiple touchdowns every single week. So it's great for your fantasy lineups. Um, this week, he overcame a really fierce Ravens team that that stopped Justin Herbert in his tracks last week, but Burrow absolutely torched him, torched him for 416 yards and three touchdowns for a finish of quarterback two on the week, um, which I certainly didn't expect. I expected a much slower start to the season coming off that horrendous knee injury, but he's he's hit the ground running and... Long term, he's, he's looking like a, a young stud that you can possibly build your dynasty team around. Together with Chase, Higgins and Boyd, he, he's easily one of the best, you know, that's one of the best receiving groups in the NFL. So there's no reason to believe that he can't now kick on this season and solidify himself as a as a really solid mid-quarterback one. Um, he's caught he's back 12 in points per game, um, but this figure's picking up each week. The first three games, he started slower. at less than 20 points the first three weeks. And the last four weeks have all been above 20 points, which is exactly where you want him to be. Um, but he's now got a tougher run of fixtures against top-half teams in terms of points given up to the quarterback position. So it's going to be really interesting just to see if he can keep this good run going. Um, but I suspect as long as he's throwing them touchdown bombs to Jamar Chase, <laughs> I think he certainly can keep it up. So my question to you two is just a, a quick dynasty question which quarterback wide receiver stack would you prefer to own in dynasty is it Burrow and Chase or is it Kyler Murray and Deandre Hopkins
1: it's a really interesting question Ali I had to think about it a few separate times have a little break in between and really gather my thoughts So I was, I was really flip-flopping on this one um in the end I, I sort of went down the route of thinking about ceiling and uh, now Kyler Murray we know that rushing ceilings unreal um and i do think there's actually more to come in his past game in time he's made strides um in his couple of seasons in the nfl new copkins though i think he's a little bit the opposite where he's sort of at his ceiling if not beyond his ceiling now or maybe onto the the dip of his career um so that that was the the negative on that stack uh, and then looking at the other guys joe burrow i think passing wise his weapons are fantastic uh, I don't know what his ceiling is pass wise I think obviously he flashed it at LSU he's in a great spot here with Bengals um but I do I do think a bit over some rush upside that maybe he does get that back in time with the coming off the injury we've not seen anything of that note yet and he's uh what do you see like the QB9 the QB12 in points per game so if he does manage to get a bit of rushing then that ceiling's going to increase and then <laughs> Jamar Chase saved the best to last dinner I? Um, <laughs> I mean he's he's absolutely killing it and to be honest he's not even getting the volume yet he's being so efficient he's, he's absolutely unreal start to his his career so I actually think his ceilings he's got quite a bit more to to give and to to, to show in the NFL so I, I think there are people putting him as a dynasty wide receiver one, and you can see why. Um, Burrow and Chase, there was, uh, obviously you mentioned together at LSU. Joe Burrow actually said about Chase that he's the longest in the shower as well. So um, <laughs> we knew there was that connection there. Um, but yeah, long-term, I think you're looking at the age of these guys. Arizona, you've got Murray and Hopkins, 24 and 29. And you've got Cincinnati with Burrow and Chase, 24 and 21. So advantage, goes to the Bengals pair. And then short term, just looking at this season, Arizona guys have combined for 279.7 fancy points. And the Bengals have actually combined for the 281.8 fancy points. So actually, they're younger and they're performing better now. So um, I oh. think <laughs> thinking about it from a stack as well, you know that Jason uh, Burrow, they're both tied down for probably the careers with the way they're shown to to start off. Um Hopkins has maybe got two more really good seasons left. So I think if you play for the stack, which is really important in dynasty to increase your overall floor, especially in competitive leagues and increase your ceiling as well. Again, the advantage goes to the Bengals guys. So when I sat down and thought about it, it was pretty easy for me, the Bengals too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'll just start by saying that Burrow has had an unbelievable start to the season, throwing multiple touchdowns every week so far, guiding the Bengals to a five and two start. Um, the old lines obviously been far more improved than, than what we saw last season. Then, like we mentioned, the fact that Jamar Chase has hit the ground run, it's, it's just made this probably one of the most exciting young offenses in the league at the moment. Um, so then just going to your question, Ali, I mean, you know my love for Murray and Nuke Hopkins. I spoke about during the off-season, especially uh, uh, Hopkins. I know Kev likes to rip me how I had him in my, uh, in my dynasty rankings, but I do think he is, he is, I still think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, maybe his fantasy points aren't showing it but I do still think he's the best wide receiver Um, cheeky but yeah you've just I think now I think it's close I think you've got to start thinking now in terms of how far is the distance between Murray to Burrow than what Chase is to Nuke I mean I think it's obvious now that Chase is obviously gonna to have to overtake Hopkins in in terms of dynasty rankings all the reasons that Kev just mentioned is younger is is hit the ground running as as a rookie he's, he's on track for for topping Jefferson's uh record-breaking rookie season so I think you've got to put him above uh Hopkins with with his age um we know Hopkins like I've mentioned getting towards um the back end of his career but as I say you've then got a way up the difference between borough and, and Murray we know that rushing upside that Murray has um we know that there's potential for him still to grow in the passing game like kev mentioned so it's just you've got to weigh it up like that for me i think and and that's what makes it close but you're gonna make me say it i don't want to say it but i think it has got to be the bengal stack i mean kev made the points the the younger they're the currently producing um the, the cardinals pair so yeah i think i've I've got to go Burrow and Chase, but I think it's Chase carrying Burrow more, more than than the other way around. But mm. I still think that, that Hopkins and obviously Kyle and Murray are, are unbelievable um, in terms of, of real-life football anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that pained me. That really pained me. <laughs> <laughs> couple of things for me. Who, who actually thought at the start of the season that Cincinnati would be controlling their division at five and two? That's, That's
1: mental.
2: It, it is mental. Um I think Kyler's got more to give in in the Russian game. He's not Russian at all at the minute. Um, So he's certainly got that to give. But I also think that um, Burrow's got... T Higgins can give more and Tyler Boyd as well can give more. So there's there's upside to both of them, which is scary to think. And both are only 24 years old. Uh, But it just proves that you also have to be water when it comes to your dynasty rankings. At the start of the season, we'd have all taken um, the Cardinals... Pair, but now we've all changed our mind and we've we've gone for the the Bengals. So it just just proves that you have to adapt as you go along.
1: Yeah, I, f- I think Matt pretty much summed up my thoughts. That I'm not giving Joe Burrow any credit at all. It's all about <laughs> Jamar Chase carrying <laughs> that, them too. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that and we'll we'll move on from Joe Burrow Burrow's a lot of people's QB one last season to a guy I'm going to discuss who was my rookie QB one last season, which is a a lower who's currently the QB 28 on the year. Um, he's missed almost four games, so that does bake into that fact. But actually, when you look at it a little bit deeper, taking away the 12% snap percentage in Week 2, he's actually QB 9 in fantasy points per game, which is above guys like that Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. Um, obviously, it's a small sample size, but Twitter still views Tua pretty poorly in my eyes. I don't know if it's the rookie take lock that uh, he didn't do much to rookie uh, or it, whether it be that Herbert was so good and Burrow, uh, again, he's, he's shown really well this season, but thinking about two or not gone as planned. He's had the injury. He's had the big injury too is what, what I thought would be his number one weapon this season, Will Fuller. And also the O-line's not taking a step forward like it was meant to. And I don't think the trade rumors with the Sean Watson helping either I'm just got to look at two in a vacuum he's 23 years old he's made 13 starts in the nfl and he was coming off a major hip injury um i do like the fact that he's rushed for 20 yards in his last couple of games that's something that uh, we didn't see uh, as a rookie we did see a couple of touchdowns but um not really the yardage uh and, and i still believe in i think the arm talent the quick release the accuracy uh it still gives me hope for him i think there's situation is not great i think situations can change though and talent does stay the same so i'm fully on board with touring dynasty the only handbrake i've got on him is the job certainty in miami i think there's been a disconnect with the dolphins owner and the gm i think it's the owner that's trying to push for this watson deal rather than um the gm chris greer but i do think there's a fair chance at two as a starter elsewhere in 2022 so Just want to get your guys' thoughts on Tua's dynasty ranking. Has it changed since before the season? And where do you realistically want to see Tua as a starting QB next season for a dynasty point of view?
0: Yeah, I'll just start by saying that it has been a really tough start for Tua this season. Um, Had the early season rib injury that that you touched upon, Kevin. He's pretty much missed four weeks out of the, the seven we've played so far and i think there's no denying that he has made some silly turnovers during the last couple of weeks i think both of those interceptions this week were, were fully on him and just really lackluster throws which is which is a shame because like you mentioned kevy was my qb one as well as a as a rookie so i do still honestly believe in in the talent that he has um you touched upon the the injuries that the dolphins have had as well um over over the last seven weeks fuller parker williams all these wide receivers have missed weeks here or there um, two is yet to really have a settled wide receiver core for him to to build that chemistry with, and then the only guy that he has done is his his former Alabama wide receiver Waddle, um, and he's been his his go-to target pretty much every week now, and and's led to to Waddle having a, a really impressive start to the year, especially if you're in PPR leagues because he's seen plenty of, of targets and opportunities. Um, but I do understand it; it's going to be hard for the Dolphins to res- resist trading for somebody like Watson. It's it's not very often you get a quarterback of, of that. That, that talent that, that becomes readily available to, to trade for so I do understand why they'd be they'd be maybe thinking about making the move but yeah I fully agree with you Kev that he should be a starting NFL quarterback next season um so w- with that I haven't moved him down much in my rankings I've moved him from QB 14 to QB 16 and that's purely down to the same that you mentioned that the fact that he does now potentially have that that job insecurity it makes him a Slightly more risky, especially for for the remainder of this season. If anything were to happen with a with the trade for Watson, um, and then where would I like to see him? I think the the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that would be a, a really good landing spot. I think that's probably my favourite one, and and I do believe it's a, quite a realistic one too. Obviously, we know that. The rookie quarterbacks—they're they're not on these huge contracts that they, they get after the rookie season. So I think is is affordable for for pretty much every team in the NFL, um, with how they manage to, to get around all these cap situations, which which is a, another question altogether. But um, <laughs> just going back to the Steelers, you have some really exciting young weapons: Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. They've got Najee Harris um, and the tight end as well, Pat So they've got plenty of young young talented pass receiving options. Um, we've seen obviously harris being being really useful in the passing game so he's definitely gonna have some some weapons there the only concern and it's a little bit like you touched upon with the dolphins it's it's that old line it's not going to help to her when when adjusting to, to a new team but like i say just with the potential weapons that they have the, the the young team that they they could have on offense um i think that makes it an interesting one for me
2: yeah i have to say i'm i'm starting to get a little bit nervous about tour in miami I certainly still believe in the talent. I was also team two over Burrow, so that makes the yes. full house <laughs> in the pre-draft process. So I'm taking a, an L there so far anyway. Um, but I, I really thought the Dolphins would kick on this year after. they, To me, they looked like they were starting to turn it around last season, but it's turned into a real mess. Um, in terms of two, it's a, it's a tale of unfortunate circumstances, as you mentioned. Injuries have been horrific offensive line uh, offensive weapons have been decimated by injury the the o line has struggled and the coach Brian Flores is is surely now got to be on the hot seat um the link with Watson is a bit laughable in my opinion um unless you're getting him for for dirt cheap i just don't see how you can pay all those picks for Watson if you're if you're the dolphins there's there's so many other needs on that team that Tua definitely isn't the biggest problem um but i do think he could be the full guy um in terms of my rankings, I haven't changed much. I've just moved him down one spot and I've moved Stafford ahead of him just down to the his seamless move to LA. He looks like a real possible MVP candidate. Um, but I still think two starts for another team um, if they move him on. I love the Steelers spot as well. Um, <laughs> if, if not there, I can see him being a, a nice upgrade on Jared Goff in Detroit behind a good O-line um so they've got some nice weapons and they're a team that are building and going in the right direction so what about you Kev what what team would you like to see tour on to get to get his best
1: yeah I mean I, I'm I'm not known for being a homer uh, if anything I'm <laughs> probably, probably I
0: knew this would come in <laughs> I, I,
1: to be honest I'm probably harsher on the Eagles than than a normal fan um but yeah just just from a bias point of view I'd, I'd absolutely love him in in Philly um I'd love some sort of freeway deal getting hurts out of there maybe to the Texans as well so um we all dream of those freeway trades on sleeper don't we so um so yeah that'd be that'd be unreal to get to there I think he's he's been actually tre- um but you have got to worry if if the Dolphins do keep to her and they end up with a top two top three pick you have to be worried a bit, I think, because whenever you've got a team that's not got not, not really set as a franchise QB and they're at the top of the draft, they could always take another one. Just look at the Cardinals with Rosen when they had him. They had a the
0: guy they give up on him
1: pretty quick. It's been the right move in <laughs> looking back at the correct move by a mile. But, um, yeah, it's always a worry. If you've got a QB on your dynasty squads and that team's picking out in the draft, And they're not a franchise QB then. Yeah, it's time to be worried in my eyes.
2: I I think that the Dolphins traded their pick away, just thinking about it. I don't think they've got their first pick. I think they've only got...
0: Oh, it's it's Philly, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, Philly's got two top six
0: picks. I don't know. If the Dolphins not got the 49ers, though, when they got...
2: Yeah, they got the 49ers. Yeah,
0: so...
1: That'll be high pick. yeah that, i
0: mean yeah i mean they're not looking great <laughs> are they, at the moment i mean what are they like two and four are they two and four i think so
2: yeah
1: get, get trey lance in that team <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so we've wrapped it up on two we're going to keep in the afc east and go back to matt for his second guy that stood out to him this week
0: yeah i've gone for for damien harris um I mean, I'll start by saying usually these these New England running backs, they're always a fantasy headache waiting to happen. Um, and I mean we have actually seen it on on a on a couple of occasions already this season with, with regards to Harris, but I think now Harris has established himself as as the guy in this backfield. Um over the last three games, he's had 265 yards for four touchdowns on the ground and he's currently sitting as the RB 16. Um and then following up on the the early injury to James White, it's been the guys behind him in the depth chart that have been rotated as the pass-catching option. And, and that is the, the one negative that stands out for me at the moment with Harris, the fact that he doesn't have that pass usage floor. He's only had 10 receptions so far this season. Um, but in terms of where you've, you've likely drafted him, I think he has been a solid running back for you, for you this year. Um, he, he's in his third season with the Patriots, so um, after the, they got him in the third round in 2019. But he will be a unrestricted free agent after, after next season. So get to that point where you've now got to start thinking about his, his long-term outlook the Patriots drafted uh, Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth round this year does he now start to, to carve out a role I mean it did look good in in week six before being a healthy scratch this week so that's just just build up to his usual tricks in it again with, uh, with with regards to these these running backs but yeah I think longer terms where the, the questions start to be asked and, and just looking at it from a perspective perspective so my question to you guys is is would you look to acquire harris in in dynasty and if so what would you be looking to pay to to get him
2: um no i'm not trying to buy him at the minute um <laughs> i'm actually doing the <laughs> i'm doing the opposite with uh, with harris i'm mm-hmm. i'm trying to sell in the positions that i've got him um just had a huge game the rb3 overall um if you can flip him to a team desperate for running back i think the time to cash in is now um i've said it multiple times before but i don't like to hold patriots runner backs in dynasty for too long you, you can't trust them i don't think you've ever been able to trust them um but you certainly can't fault his last two weeks he's looked he looked really good on the ground top 100 yards two games running he's averaging nearly six and a half yards per carry which is fantastic um a lot of that though i think was down to the teams that he faced um and then looking forward it certainly gets tougher in the schedule um so I, I wouldn't be starting him with, with much confidence uh, if I owned him in the next few games. Um, nobody selling him to me for a second, but that's all I'd pay for him at the minute. Um, I'd be look, And if I owned him, I'd personally be looking for a first for him, but I'm not sure you'd get that right now. Um, I'd personally, if I was to get him, I'd love to... Oh, sorry, to sell him. I'd love to package him with a deal, um, maybe a deal and him and a pick for... Javante Williams or Antonio Gibson that is underperforming, someone like that. That's the sort of deal that I'd I'd like to do with him.
1: Yeah, I agree with Ali as well. Short answers, no. But I think I, I do really like the talent of Damien Harris. I think he can catch passes, but just not here in New England that um, back, backfield. Again, it's it, in the main. It's a bigger void. Uh, I do have some Ramondre steven season. Uh, as a cheap <laughs> third or fourth round rookie pick, but yeah, we've seen Harris. He's, he's feasted on the Jets twice. He's got a tough schedule rest of season. Um The way he's been used is an early down guy, touchdown dependent guy, someone that's good but not elite. Uh, he's running back twenty four in fantasy points per game, and it's just shown that he's been elevated by the injuries around him to overrunning running backs. So he's not really the guy. Not really a type of running back I want to pursue. I can't ever envision that free down roll with uh, Bill's Patriots. Um, I think you can find guys on waivers for your spot week if you're really struggling, uh, a Booker, Darrell Williams, etc. You've had chance early on in the season for guys like Patterson, Khalil Herbert, uh, Elijah Mitchell, potentially. Uh, but, yeah, my preference if I'm looking for running back is to pay up for a really top one or just to look at one of these rookies that maybe hasn't had a chance to shine or is going to get further playing time soon um, again I agree with Ali, I think he's more of a sell, if I add him, which I don't uh, and if anyone's offering a first I'd absolutely snap their arm off and, and take that so um, I just want to fire a cheeky question back to you guys about Damien Harris and it, it seems like you're pretty ironing that maybe not so much yourself Ali i going to get your guys' thoughts on who you think the best afc East running back is
0: in oh. <laughs> i'll start <laughs> have a think have a think might take a while i don't need to have a think about this one this is easy easiest question i've asked or answered all uh, all show um obviously it's michael carter i mean, <laughs> I mean there's, there's no question about it I mean, i'll be honest i mean with harris i'm not i'm not super high on him i just think that <laughs> the, the price that you've got him for he's got some value to him hasn't he? i mean he's, he's a performing running back in fantasy and how the, They are hard to come by, especially on on a regular occurrence. You mentioned the fact you can pick them up off off waivers here and there with injuries, but it's somebody that's actually giving you some consistency. I'm not saying to go out and and grab him for a first and and stuff like that, but, um, yeah, back to your question, Kevin. It's Michael Carter. You're lucky I didn't speak about him again this week because he (laughs) was another really impressive performance. I mean, eight, eight, eight targets, nine targets, eight receptions, I think it was um I know it was in my lineup Kevin one of those that I beat you in which was it's made it all that more <laughs> sweet of seeing him in, in my super flex spot as well I'll, I'll mention on, on this seal the deal on, in that seal
1: the deal in that 80 point victory I think
0: <laughs> yeah you see when you've got stars like that in your in your super flex like in position then that's what happens, you get quarterback kind of numbers from him. What <laughs> <laughs> about you, Ali? Let's have a.
1: Um, oh, no. well, let's maybe not looking at that. I think maybe well, <laughs> it's,
2: it's Zach Moss, obviously.
0: Uh, <laughs> it'd
2: uh, I think Adley. it's no, it, it's Michael Carter on yeah. in Dynasty. It has to be just <laughs> the potential that he's got as a. As a pass catcher and back, the the AFC East running backs is is just hot trash. It really is. Um, there's nobody in Miami. There's the Patriots are just an avoid, and the Bills don't really use running backs. They've used them more this season. So um, Zach Moss has certainly had a few touchdowns, but but uh, to answer your question, it's Michael Car
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can't believe you guys are taking Michael Carter over the running back sixteen um, it, on the year. But be, being uh, truthful, we'll, have, we'll though, have
0: this question again at the end of the season. <laughs>
1: yeah, being truthful though, I have to agree it's Michael Carter. But it's, it's probably by default just because <laughs> that the whole division's pretty pretty tame. But I do think there's actually a plus mm. for Michael Carter since this weekend. And that's that Joe Flacco is going to be the Qb, Way. I mean, he is an absolute statue in it. So, yeah. um I think he'll be looking to to get the ball to Michael Carter plenty. So, that's a cheeky little boon to his value for the short term, indeed.
2: Great,
0: keeping it on the. On
2: the feet. <laughs> be talking about him next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: just let him for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kick off the show. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: So obviously we go from. Uh, well, I think we'll probably need to strap ourselves in for this one, won't we, yeah. Ali? We're going to go from one Michael yeah. to another Michael, Wait. but
2: maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. So, are, are you boys sitting comfortably? <laughs> <laughs> I've just had I've my turn, been...
0: so it's your turn to have your fun now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about my guy, Mike Evans, all season. Um. And firstly, I can't begin talking about him without talking about that lucky dude that was given the the <laughs> 600 touchdown ball. Um, I just can't believe. Did you see what he's been given since it, since he gave it back? It's it's unbelievable. Uh, he's got, that, <laughs> he got <that. laughs> he's got all literally all the signed merch that you could ever want being a Bucks fan, including Mike Evans' worn game cleats. He's got a thousand dollars credit from the store. He's got two season tickets for this year and next year. And he's been given one Bitcoin by Tom Brady, which which equates to over sixty two thousand dollars right now. It's nice. literally unbelievable. So um, I'm just working out when he's going to throw his 700th touchdown, and I'm going to be in the end zone <laughs> waiting to receive that ball. Do
1: we think that Bitcoin's from the bookside. We think it's from Tom Brady.
2: God, I know Brady's paid in Bitcoin. So <laughs> yeah, who knows? Fair. But. Anyway, enough about that guy. I'm certainly not jealous of him. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about Mike Evans and three touchdowns alone in, in just the first half, which was unbelievable. In fact, it's Mike Evans has been an absolute beast in, in all the home games this season. All seven of his touchdowns have actually come at home, and actually in his past three home games, which is unreal. Um, he's, he still saw less targets than Godwin this week. Um, we know Antonio Brown was out, but Evans is, is still the go-to in the red zone, um, especially while Gronkowski remains out. And again, the season is, is shown to be up and down, rather inconsistent, which is a familiar tale for Evans, especially after last season. Um, week six, he scores four points. So then week seven, he scores 31. So he's a difficult one to project uh, in your lineups or not. He's, he's wide receiver 10 in points per game. Um, and it's just above where I had him projected for the season. But but when you're playing with the goat, playing at an MVP level, I just, <laughs> I cannot see how all three of these wide receivers just don't continue to feast, just barring, obviously, any injuries. Um, then in Dynasty, I, I think as long as Brady's in Tampa, then Mike Evans is always going to be a fringe wide receiver one. Um, we will obviously wait to see Godwin's situation at the end of the season. Um I'd personally be absolutely shocked if they don't re-sign him. All points up. It all points to um, the Bucks giving him a big contract. Um, and I wouldn't begrudge anyone um, moving him off or moving off Evans right now on the back of like that big performance this week. Um, he's certainly a possible sell high candidate. He's g- getting up there an age where people get nervous about their wide receivers, um, and especially when he's obviously going to put up a zero next week when he gets to face his, his old friend, Marshawn Lattimore again, and <laughs> when we we take on the saints. So my question to you two is with, with Mike Evans being wide receiver seven on the season so far and joint second highest in touchdown receptions. Do you think that he's a good win now target for your dynasty teams or, and what would you also pay to acquire him? Or do you think that he's too inconsistent to pay the asking price?
1: First of all, I just want to talk about Tom Brady. I didn't realise he was a Bitcoin bandit. It just adds to the sort of intrigue and hysteria around the various corruption allegations in his life, um, bending the rules, etc. So, yeah, what an interesting guy Tom Brady is. Eh? But back to your question, I just think, yes, I, I would be interested in acquiring him. He's great for a win now team. 28 years old it means it means you're going to get a fair price on him first of all uh, and we know that he's boom bust we know exactly what we're getting with mike evans that some weeks is going to give you four points another weeks is going to give you 30 points and it you've just got to build your team around that really and make sure you've got other guys that are a bit safer than mike evans because that upside is it's, it's weak winning um, I did have him on a couple of teams this week and they all lost, but uh, that's because <laughs> the rest <to> of the roster were <laughs> pretty terrible on the uh, this massive bye week we've we've just had. So yeah, I think if you're a contender, you're sending your late first for him. Um Mike Evans he's not got the best schedule to finish, but you don't bench your studs. I mean, looking at his career, he's been a wide receiver one three times, a wide receiver two four times. Um he's definitely a target. I think the only downside is depending on it's roster. dependent if you've got a lot of uh, volatile guys then maybe maybe it's a little bit too risky to be going all in but yeah on the right roster very interested
0: yeah, another guy that was on one of my rosters that uh, managed to get a win over Kev, so it's always good to, <laughs> just start i bring that up one more time Hey, it's, it's always good to talk about one of these guys, but yeah, like we mentioned, what a bounce back, two receptions, 27 yards, week six, and then six for 76 and, and three touchdowns this week, and I think it's that level of variance that pretty much sums up my feelings towards Evans, um love him when he's putting up these huge weeks but then whenever I seem to need him most he comes and and puts a dud on me and and absolutely stinks the place up and I can't stand the guy so that pretty much sums up my my feelings towards him his performances reflect that but yeah week seven performance it was it was incredible and then what better time to do it than than during this Biomageddon week where there was just so many star players on on their bye week um like touch touched upon, Ali, could have definitely been in, in the doghouse house with uh, giving away <laughs> that that 60th touchdown of, of Tom Brady but apart from that just a, an unreal game for him um now would I be looking to acquire him I think if the price is right obviously I'm, I'm looking to acquire anybody if the if the price is right um it can definitely be a guy to target in a package so if you have got somebody that's maybe slightly underperforming and you can add a pick to that to, to get Evans I think that's that's a great move could you maybe trade Alan Robinson like we just spoke about earlier I think he's still got a bit of value around his name so if you could add a pick to that um, to, to Robinson and, and get somebody like Evans I'd I'd love to make that kind of move um, he always does seem to be undervalued he, in, in Dynasty every year just probably because of that boom bust potential that he has um, each week you'd you maybe be a bit more interested in going for guys that are more consistent so somebody like Deontay Johnson or, or Keenan Allen but I think it's it's easy to say that there's there's nobody that's got the potential upside that Evans has got. Like Kev just said, he, he's got league uh, week winning upside every every, every week um, with the fact that he's on this high powered offense and, and the looks that he gets as well in the red zone, like you you touched upon, Ali. So yeah, I think he's definitely somebody to to grab if you can if you've got that right kind of roster, like Kev mentioned, where you can pair him up with some some more consistent guys like the the two I just mentioned. Then yeah, he's definitely somebody to to go out and grab.
2: So just another interesting question who do you have higher in dynasty do you have Mike Evans or, or Chris Godwin
0: I think I had Godwin at the start of the year and I think I've still got Godwin, I still I still believe in the talent that Godwin's got I think Ali you've mentioned it a couple of times that he's maybe more of a better real life player, he does a lot of the data work that you don't really see when you're looking at the, the fantasy points um, but it's hard. I think Brady. I would say trust Evans when he gets near the red zone, and that's probably why Evans puts up the, the numbers that he does. But um, yeah, I think I've still got Godwin. I think the neck and neck, to be honest, in my rankings, and I'd still just have Godwin one spot above Evans.
1: Yeah, I've got Godwin higher, but I do think it's this is this is the thing about rankings where you can just read the rankings and think mm-hmm. this guy's better than this guy, but a lot of being a good player at Dynasty is actually tailoring your rankings to your roster your league and I yep. think there'll be some leagues where actually Godwin's better for you as a, mm-hmm. a guy that's going to be more steady and give you that guaranteed production he's going to give you longer mm-hmm. term value um, and there'll be other rosters where Mike Evans is is a better player um if you need that sort of boom uh, maybe a, a win now roster does favor Evans slightly but yeah just it's all roster dependent which is a bit of a cop-out answer but uh, in it's, a vacuum I'd take Godwin just.
2: It's all about tiers isn't it we've all got tiers and they're, they're in the same tier I think for probably all three of us so um, again if it depends what league you're planning if you're a standard league then maybe Evans is better but Godwin's caught more passes this year um, but obviously it's, the, it's Evans that gets the red zone looks but mm-hmm. they're back to back in my rankings as well I've got Godwin just one place ahead, so really, really close.
1: Smashing! We're, we're on about tears, are what we? I've got to say, this next guy we're going to talk about—loving a lot of tears shed when he left the Eagles uh, here, <laughs> uh, last week. Um, just to tee it up, really, red zone. I don't know if if you guys watched it on Sunday. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard one of the um, several hundred times, but it was National <laughs> Titans Day. I don't think no, really? enough. <laughs> First time, uh, really <laughs> <a bit. laughs> We saw monster games from uh, Ali's mate CJ Zoma, <laughs> uh, Kyle Pitts, and Mike Kosicki. But uh, I'm going to highlight the Titan 6 on the week and former Eagles guy uh, Zach Hertz. Um, personal note, I'm really happy for him that he's going to contender and getting away from the dumpster fire that he's feeling. <laughs> hurts um, <laughs> I do think he's really impressive that it was tight end 6. He was only traded last week. Uh, he He's picked up the, the offense pretty quick as part of the game script. Um, I think as well, it's, it's really, really intriguing, really positive for him that um, he was a tight end six and it was Kyler's lowest pass attempts of the season so far of 28. And that, that was a cheeky 17.8 target share on his debut. Now with Virts, I don't think he'll be volatile in this offense. It's got a ton of different weapons. Uh, but we did see with... Um, the guy that's injured, Max, William, with, Max Williams with two kisses, that he had a couple <laughs> of 16 plus point fantasy games. Uh, and Ertz, he showed that juice on his 47-yard touchdown grab. And actually, sneakily at the tight end, 12 on the year. Um, I think that one of the interesting bits about Ertz is that he's 30 years old, he's a free agent this offseason, but the fact that he's so old, it means that he's actually a pretty decent value still. I think he's got an incentive to Earn a new deal in the desert. He's been a tight six or better four times his career already. I think it's a lofty projection, but I think he could get close to that again. And I think he could be a top eight tight end this year. Um, and like I mentioned with his age, I think he can be had for a 22 second, which might not sound crazy when you hear guys like Dawson Knox being touted going for first. So I just want to know do you guys think he'll finish top eight tight end this season? And is it the answer to acquiring a cheap tight end in your dynasty leagues?
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna start by saying I haven't been this happy about an NFL trade in so long. <laughs> he's freed up one of my favourite tight ends in fantasy in Dallas Goddard with the with the Eagles. And now he's actually had a nice bump in, in value himself. Obviously, landing as the tight end one with the the Cardinals. So it was a, a win win for me this trade and, and something I was I was really happy about. Um at first I was a little bit skeptical about the landing spot. You you just touched on it, Kev. There's plenty of mouths to feed, and um, obviously Hopkins, Kirk, Green. Uh, Rondale Moore as well, plus, plus Edmonds in the backfield who who catches his fair share of uh, of passes. But you touched upon it, Kev, really solid debut, five targets, three receptions of 66 yards, plus that that touchdown. And he actually had a four-yard carry as well, which was actually really close to being a touchdown, but equally it was just as close to, to being a fumble on the goal line. So, um, <laughs> yeah, take that one with a, with a grain of salt. But... Um, I still maintain that I do have my, my concerns uh, in, in regards to the competition for targets. Um, yes, it is a high-tempo offence, so he's going to be on the field plenty, I believe. And I know it was only his, his first game with the Cardinals, but his five targets, it was, it was the lowest that he's had since week two. Um, and 47 of those 66 yards came on that one big play where he was he was just left wide open in the middle and he was able to well you say a blitz it was like a fast <laughs> jog i think I, I don't think i've ever seen zackers <laughs> run away from from defenders like that so god knows he must have had a, plenty of a, a head start so yeah that's my only concern i mean it's easy to say that you know, if we take away this this one big play then it was rubbish but um yeah i think it's just worth noting and tight ends they're not known for these these long yardages are the, they the the more the safety blanket over the middle so um yeah that's my, my only concern just that the volume potentially moving forward um but like you've touched upon in top eight i think given the state of the position um it's not crazy to think that he can be top eight you, you said he's he's tight and 12 at the moment so it's not going to take a great deal more for him to creep into that top eight um and yeah if you're in need of a, a tight end, i think he's well worth a shot at at what should be a cheap enough price.
2: Yeah, certainly was an impressive debut. His his 47 yard touchdown grab was actually the longest of his career. Um, I think <laughs> the previous longest was 36 yards. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it could have been even greater too, had he had his red zone target, not got picked off by the defense. I think it was a bit of a mix up and mm. he came out to say that it was his fault with the miscommunication. Um, but I think it's a great question. Um, I'm a bit hesitant. Like, like Matt said, it's the competition for targets. What concerns me, there's, there's just so many on this team. Um, but we did see superstar Mac Williams, two kisses, um, it, have, a couple, <laughs> have a couple of great weeks on this team. So they, they clearly value the tight end position for once, as they haven't done in previous years. Um, he's obviously done for the season, so there's, there's now very little competition in terms of that tight end position. Um, and this team's clearly going to score lots of points each game so it's just how that gets divided up um so i personally think you can start Ertz each week in a bind um i just think his upside is going to be capped with all the with all the other options that they've got it's probably going to be a bit touchdown dependent um he's it, in that range of tight ends where the floor is just so low um and any number of tight ends that can have a great week or they can have have a shocking week Um it's just you need to be lucky enough to start the right ones like as you mentioned, CJ Uzoma. Luckily for me, had the two <laughs> touchdowns and he won me a week. But he could have could have easily put up zero. Um, yeah. So if I have Ertz personally, I'm going to try and package him up on the back of a of a decent performance and try and move up to a more consistent tight end, a bit like Mark Andrews, who we all love now, or <laughs> or TJ TJ Hawkinson, someone like that. Um, yeah. I think I've changed my tune a little bit on tight ends, and I want what rather than a streamer i'm going to try and go after one that can give me more of a consistent baseline um each week
0: yeah i don't think that, it's impossible in it, stream tight ends at the moment it, like you said it's just there just seems to be so many where they can just put up a, a zero on you it's it's become an absolute headache if you haven't got one of those top guys um i think there's about six or seven in there that way if you feel confident that you can plug them in each week otherwise you're you're scouring your waivers or or just hoping that one of these guys managed to to get a touchdown.
2: It's been so bad. of my bet <laughs> in a lot of my leagues of I had the Blake Jarwins, uh that Adam Troutman's in my team and it's just been shocking. So I've been <laughs> I've been trading for and starting people like Tyler Conklin every week and it's it's just oh, so God. it's so <laughs>
0: nervous. Kevin get excited
2: it's just so nerve-wracking starting one of them especially in a an important game against one of your rivals it's yeah. yeah it's not good
1: yeah just we'll just wrap up on this section when Matt when you said about Zach Kurtz fumbling at the goal line it has got me thinking back to that uh Eagle, <laughs> Eagle Super Bowl victory sort of juggled it into the end zone and uh <laughs> oh, nostalgia I think them days are uh, a long way away yeah. in the future but yeah that's uh, brought a smile to my face uh, to finish that section so we're now going to come on to the weekly wildcard waivers where we'll be uh, each highlighting a guy you should be looking to add from waivers in your dynasty leagues and will start with you
0: matt yeah i just have to have a big sigh before i started this because um really struggled this week to, to think of a, a waiver edition in dynasty and then the <laughs> only guy that came to mind was actually one taken by ali he, he jumped in there first and, and made his selection so i can't even talk about the one guy that i actually was half excited about um, so I'm going to be a homer again and, and try my luck with yet another Giants wide receiver after failing with the Colin Johnson selection a few weeks ago. And I'm, I'm going for Dante Pettis. Um, he's now had back-to-back solid games for the Giants. um, seen 16 targets over the last two weeks and had back-to-back five reception games. And actually found the end zone as well this week. Um, he's not an exciting pick, but the, the Giants wide receiver core is banged up at the minute. So he could maybe potentially keep a role in this offense until they start to to return from the injuries um and i mean let's not forget that his rookie season he actually had a really impressive rookie season average nearly 13 fantasy points per game yes i know it was in 2018 he has been absolutely terrible since but <laughs> i mean throw me a bony I've, I've absolutely <laughs> pulled my hair out trying to think of anybody that you can add in in dynasty leagues and um yeah i needed to find something to get me at least half excited about making this pick so that's the only thing i could find about about getting excited on on petty so yeah i think it is worth a dart throw in. In your deeper leagues at the moment,
2: yeah, you did get a bit stitched up here with me. <laughs> I've never Bra- seen somebody Braving
0: select a waiver <laughs> section so quick than Ali in the group chat. I don't think Kev finished asking who we're going for, and Ali boom, straight in with his.
2: <laughs> yeah, I knew I had to get in quick. The options are really, really limited this week. Um, and he's still definitely available in a few of my leagues. Um, it's at least he's clearly someone that Daniel Jones trusts. Um, and he's shown that he can produce it in the past as well as this past couple of weeks. So he is worth a cheap pickup, in my opinion, if if you if you're badly off with injuries. Um uh, you certainly need to monitor the the health of Kenny Lolliday. You've got <laughs> Sterling Shepherd and <laughs> Kadarius Tony that's they're all banged up, they're all uncertain for this week. I'm sure maybe one or two are gonna come back. But again, if if all three miss or a couple of them miss, then I think Pettis is someone that you can start in a bind and yeah he's going to be at least a really cheap or a free pickup
1: yeah I think it's likely a week too late on Pettis but there will be some leagues where he's still on waivers out there I think short term bi-week filler uh, makes sense uh I don't see the long term upside on the Giants with uh, you mentioned that star stood at the wide receiver core, um <laughs> and also our good friend dynasty Island he released an article today calling him wave wire fools gold so Uh, he's obviously not a fan of uh, this selection but yeah really tricky for you this week matt when uh, me and ali jumped in uh, pretty early (laughs) to be honest um he's pretty pretty bare, pretty desperate in it so uh so we'll tee up ali with the the highlight of our waiver uh, i think i think think i'm right saying that
2: yeah no pressure but i'm (laughs) i'm going for superstar boston boston scott for the, for your Eagles, Kev, and um, yeah, he certainly has flashed some tidy performances in the past when filling in for the starting running backs, and he's got a great matchup this week with the Detroit Lions, who are conceding the second most fantasy points to running back. So, I just think it's about opportunity. Obviously, they've got Kenny Gainwell, who we know he's not a workhorse back. Um, if I think Sanders is week to week, so if if he does miss time, then you got to believe that Kenny Gainwell is going to get that starting opportunity. Um, but then Boston Scott's going to have a role. He's a good pass catching back as well. Um, he rushed for a touchdown last week and he was targeted twice when he came into the game. So you know that they trust him. He's someone that's been around for a while on the Eagles. Um, they've also got Jordan Howard. Um, he'll probably be elevated this week from the practice squad, um, but he's been sitting on the practice squad for two months and he's not seen any action. Um, so I'm not too worried about him and and how is Jordan Howard only 26? When I looked, I thought he's got to be 30. <laughs> he seems to be around forever. Yeah. That was absolutely shocking. But yeah, I think Boston Scott is going to be one of the, the top pickups this week, just with the, the opportunity and, and the matchup can't be much better.
1: Yeah, I think Jordan Howard went to high school with Joe Burrow, actually. Um, <laughs> took him Took him <laughs> I just think, first of all, it's funny, Ali, that you've touted Boston Scott with your Kenny Gainwell love. Um, But I agree, he's definitely worth a grab with the Sanders injury. And I remember Boston Scott actually getting hype as the next Darren Sproles, who was an absolute outlier, which is pretty hilarious. But again, yeah, short term bi-week fill with upside on an Eagles team that stinks and will be passing quite a lot.
0: Yeah, definitely one of the top waiver targets in, in your dynasty leagues. Should see that opportunity alongside Gainwell in this backfield. Um, we always know when when you get these kind of running backs come up on waivers, you, you've got to take that shot on them just because it is so tough to to find starting start running backs when when there's so many needs for running backs. So, yeah, when a guy like this pops up, you've, you've got to go out and grab him if you can, um, especially if he's going to be the primary ball carrier, if Gainwell is used more in the, in the passing game until Sanders returns
1: yeah we now come on to my waiver of the week and I'm going deeper than a submarine door um, I'm going for <laughs> Tyler Huntley the backup QB of the Ravens um, it's been absolutely solid to find a waiver this week it's hitting the part of the year where waivers is dry but I think your dynasty benches, you've got to be looking at having more QBs and running backs at this stage uh, maybe you've got a guy that's just moved to IR and it's freed up a roster spot so I think it's ideal time to be grabbing backup QBs especially one in a fantasy gold scheme um, he won the backup job from Trace McSorley in pre-season. And it's good to see that he's still the backup of the uh, of Lamar Jackson for the Ravens uh, with snaps in the last two games. And actually, he's got a similar style and scheme fit as Lamar Jackson. He's absolutely rapid, uh, 92% out 40 time, 99% out burst score. Um, I think he's going to be really interesting with these weapons and that dual threat ability. Um, he's entering the bye week, so he could be dropped in leagues if he is rostered, and he's very likely on waves already. But yeah, I think it's a deep selection. He's 23 years old. He's only had 16 NFL passes, but um, in terms of Huntley, he's a better pickup than Caleb Huntley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just done me like that right at the end. I've stuck the knife right <laughs> in at the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if, if you have deep benches, picking up backup quarterbacks are always worth a stash just in case anything were to happen. Um, to the starters, and there's probably none with more upside than than Huntley for the reasons that you just mentioned, Kev. Um, obviously, got that rushing ability on on a Baltimore um, offense that that should lead to plenty of opportunities for him to to run the ball and pick up those fantasy points. So, yeah, it, it's been a tough week, and, and nothing may come of this selection, but I definitely think he's worth the stash just just in case the the opportunity arises.
2: Yeah, I absolutely love watching Huntley. When he when he gets in the game, he's absolutely rapid. He's like a, a player on Madden that you build. <laughs> um, but if anything happens to Lamar, then Huntley is certainly a high-end replacement. Um, and I just don't get it. If you've got a deep bench, then why are people holding so many wide receivers yeah. when they're just so readily available anyway? So, yeah, just stash Huntley away. Um, he's got such a high ceiling. If if he ever had to, to start games, we know Lamar has his style where he could easily take a big shot. I mean, he's lucky to avoid injury so far, but he could easily take a big shot from a defender and then be out for a game or two, And in which case Huntley will step up and be productive for fantasy.
1: Yep, smashing. Well, that brings us to the end of the show where we've discussed some of the key players and talking points from this week's action whilst analysing it from a dynasty perspective. So we'll just go back around and get the final thoughts from both of you on today's show.
0: Yeah, I'll just start by saying I'm glad we got through such a such a tough week with all the teams that were on buys, um, and then there were some some big fantasy games from some younger guys like Tua and Burrow that were mentioned, and even Matt Jones getting in there. But equally, there were some really underperforming quarterback performances in in fantasy this week guys like patrick mahomes and then sam darnold obviously made a good start to year he really struggled again this week and then actually got benched um and then just in uh, and then fields as well that, that we touched upon as well so yeah really really tough week for for the quarterbacks and, and some of the bigger names in fantasy and it, it just felt like one of those really odd fantasy weeks to me um, i don't know what you two guys think but just seemed to be a really strange week in terms of of player performances and, and fantasy results but either way we're now pretty much hitting the halfway stage of the season um time flies when you're having fun although this last week it, it definitely wasn't much fun um apart from the, the two wins against Kevin so uh, that, that was that was unbelievable but uh apart from that yeah not, not a fun week um and then just overall I think no matter what situation you're in whether you're a contender or not, just make sure that you're staying active in your leagues. Make the moves that you need to, either to to help you make that push for the playoffs, or just to get a head start on on next season. You've you've got to keep active in in your dynasty leagues and and just try and help yourself, no matter what what direction you're, you're heading in.
2: Yeah, I'm personally, I'm in the process of buying a CJ Zoma jersey, <laughs> Bengals jersey, for his hero- heroic performance this week, saving me. Uh, I can look me... at plenty
0: of Bengals players. I'd rather have on the back of a Bengals jersey. <laughs> oh, Bengals. I wouldn't right now. <laughs> but
2: as you mentioned, Matt, we're, we're very close to halfway. So just just take a moment to evaluate each one of your rosters and, and make, make your own plan about where you're going with each one. Um, there's absolutely nothing worse than cruising along. You're not very active, and then suddenly you've just missed the. You just missed the playoffs, and then you find you find that you've got an underperforming age team uh, where you've you've missed the boat to trade away and and build for the future, and also then you don't have any great draft capital. Um, yeah. This week there's only two weeks on on buy, which is a massive sigh of relief. Uh, week seven, as you mentioned, was horrible. Um, if you've taken if you've taken multiple losses, which will be the case for a lot of players, then it's it's probably just down to the fact that you've had. A lot of players from them teams that are on by last week, so that's over now. So you can look to to bounce back and you can you can kick on now. It really is the chance to to um, to push for a playoff run um, as we as we go into the middle part of the season.
1: Yeah, week seven's been so tough, but you just got to draw a line in the sand, stay focused on the second half of the year. Um, yeah, that's my son in the background going wild. He uh, agrees. <laughs> it's been such a bad week for me. Um, but I'm having time in here to give me some support on the the show today. Um, I think it's a great time to evaluate each dynasty team on a wider scale, though, create a plan for the rest of the year and beyond. But also, it's a great time to be going after injured players in rebuilds or players on a bye week for those desperate win-now owners that are needing someone to start this week. So uh, player values will continue to increase. Draft picks become cheaper, so act accordingly with that. And Matt? big wheel just remember it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um thank you for tuning in be sure to subscribe and follow us on twitter at fantasy wildcard join us on our next show which will drop tuesday the 2nd of november where we'll be recapping all the key talking points from week eight's action so thank you once again have a good one and we'll see you soon
2: When you have the wild card,
1: you have the power to change the game.